Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is the Canty and Carlin podcast. Canty and Carlin ESPN radio, ESPN app. Sirius XM Channel 80, Randy Scott here in Bristol. He is Aaron Goldhammer in Cleveland, ESPN Radio in Cleveland. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. Join the conversation on the CC call-in line, 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Again, the conversation is ESPN Radio Rankum, where it's best quarterback wide receiver duo in the NFL. For now, our focus on college football here in number uh, hour number two of the program because we have Notre Dame head coach Marcus Freeman with us and Notre Dame. I don't want to jump the gun on the on the depth chart, coach, but probably starting quarterback. No, you can say starting. Quarterback. <laughs> Go ahead. All right, QB one, QB one, and uh, I'd say look looking like a young Chuck Norris lately. Uh, Sam Hartman. That's a whole lot of handsome in that uniform. And and Sam, we'll get to you in a second, coach. I'm I'm having deja vu uh, sitting here in this studio getting to talk to you. Because I feel like we had the same conversation, or at least the same the same guest, uh, a year ago. At this point, a year ago, you were making the rounds, and I'm just curious. Year one, you know, in your career, your head coaching career, drinking from a fire hose, I'm sure. But the grind of dealing with us at this point, you know, after a full season of having to answer the questions, having to have the Notre Dame state media in your grill all the time, just how the process has worn on you. And I, I'm kind of reminded of the idea that, you know, presidents, when they take office, they age so dramatically in that first year, and you look the darn same as you did a year ago. No, I, maybe I don't feel the same. I'll try to look the same, but I don't feel the same. It's uh, it's a, The year by went by fast, didn't it? Um, yeah. It is, uh, you know, the one thing, as you look back to last year at this time, you didn't know what the journey was going to be like. Everything was a first. You didn't know you know, what exactly fall camp would be like, what your season would be like. And it didn't go as we foresaw on the front end, but um, I'm telling you what, the valuable lessons I learned from last year will help me as I continue to move forward. And so, you know, you go to year two, I know what training camp is like. I know what the season will be like in terms of the expectations. And so uh, I'm excited to get to, to get the fall training camp here before we know it. Sam, wanted to ask you, first time you strap on that famous golden helmet, what do you think that's going to feel like? Um, I mean, it's going to be surreal. And then obviously the location of that uh, first time is also very special, uh, pretty, pretty unique. Um, being overseas, being in Dublin, Ireland, um, obviously, you know, with our Irish natives and, and our Irish fandoms in the States, making that journey over there with us, it'll be an unbelievable experience and a very cool opportunity for uh, not only myself, but Notre Dame and the entire organization. Sam, I want to I want to double up with you here and and get to one game in particular that's on the home slate. Uh, just given some of the NIL uh, comments from from your former coach uh, Dave Clausen there at Wake Forest, you know I'm teeing you up to say all the party lines and and keep it professional and all that. But just just curious from your own mindset, knowing that you're going to go against a program where it was a mutually beneficial relationship. You know, you elevated your stock there, you helped elevate the program, and now you get to face each other as you are sort of in this, you know, national stage where you get to not only elevate Notre Dame, but also benefit from Notre Dame's national platform. Yeah, I mean, I think it was, um, like you kind of said, I mean, I think there's 
Um, a lot of connotations, a lot of different things that could be taken from it, but I have nothing but respect for um, Wake Forest as a whole, just a university um, and what they stand for and what they believe in. Um, and then obviously the football program itself and Coach Clawson, um, everything he's done um, since I've been there was, you know, out of respect for me and, and the, to push the university and the organization uh, forward. And so, you know, we, we still talk and we have a great relationship. And Good. I mean, obviously a lot of our guys or a lot of the guys on the team are some of my best friends and, you know, some of them have weddings coming up or whatever that may be. But um, at this point in my life, it's Notre Dame and everything's go Irish and <laughs> I'm excited for uh, the next couple months to come. Coach, you've alluded to the learning experiences of the first year. If you could do one thing differently with a time machine, what would it be? <laughs> um, I don't know. You know, I, I don't uh, – to go back and say that, you know, I would change some of the things that happened. You know, I think we would all love to, to say well, you win every single game of your first year, but then you don't grow, right? If you mm-hmm. – if you have all the answers and, and you don't hit adversity, um, you don't grow as an individual and we don't grow as a program. And so I'm glad everything that happened last year happened, right? And I'm, I'm grateful that, that we had some of those down points, but dang, we had some really good ones too. And so, um, listen, I, 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 I wouldn't change anything. And I know that might not be the answer you're looking for, but I'm, but I'm excited to, to move forward to this 2023 season with the lessons I've learned last year with this quarterback that's um, here on the, the radio show with me and uh, with this program. There's uh, the, the main you know, college football storyline of the last week has been what's going on there, uh, I guess, in the Chicagoland area for you guys. And I know Chicago is a, a recruiting you know, option for you, as is the rest of the country. But uh, seeing what's going on at, at Northwestern, and I was just curious about, Coach, this from a head coaching perspective, because you also see former players weigh in on social media and say, hey, that's our the locker room is our space. And it's speaking to this idea that perhaps a head coach as sort of a, a CEO of a program may not actually know every detail of what's going on. Not asking you to weigh in specifically on Northwestern, but from someone who has one of these jobs and a high profile institution, what is a coach's purview over every corner of a locker room? Is there such a thing as sort of like, all right, that's a player space. I've got other things. I've got a chain of command. If there's an issue, I'm sure I'll hear about it. That sort of thing. Yeah, I think that's most important is that you are responsible for everything that goes on in your program, no matter if you see it or you don't. And so you have to have checks and balances and and ways to truly know and be aware of everything that's going on. And so um, that's something I reiterated with our coaching staff and, and, and with our players as they get back for fall camp, we'll go over is that, you know, at the end of the day, it's it's. My job as the head coach to know everything that's going on. It's your job to uphold those standards that we have at our university, but also amongst the the NCAA. And so um, I don't know the specifics of what went on at Northwestern. I do. I've met Pat Fitzgerald a a couple of times and he seems like a first class man and a, a first class leader. But again, it's just a great reminder for us all. We are as head coaches responsible for everything that goes on. And it's our coaches and our players job to uphold the standards that have been set. Sam, there's an online headline zooming around, and I'll read it to you, and I want you to explain it to me. Sam Hartman (laughs) reveals plan to turn surgically removed rib into necklace. What in God's green earth are you doing? Um, I mean, I think it's kind of like, you know, might seem a little barbaric to um, really some, but I don't know. I think it's kind of like a... uh, a reminder of, of how quickly things can change, how quickly, you know, things you love could be taken away from you. And, um, you know, I think it was a part of my 
it's kind of like my tattoos. They're really, you know, points of of retrospect or whatever mm-hmm. reflection in my life and things that I want to be reminded of on a daily. And um, that's something I uh, didn't take lightly and know that uh, when I look back on kind of my life and my career, that's something I'm proud of, of coming back from. And so I kind of wanted some way of um, memorializing it and, and what better way than to make a necklace out of the thing that was taken out of you. <laughs> Notre Dame head football coach Marcus Freeman with us. Notre Dame starting quarterback Sam Hartman with us. We're going to go ahead and just pretend that news is broken on our show. Um, Sam, though, to, to, to the point of your career that you, that you bring up, you know, as long as your career goes here, uh, I'm curious about the thought process of the decision that goes into foregoing NFL and staying in college and then facing the decision of, oh, I have some options out here where maybe I could go play somewhere that might better prepare me for the NFL. Just inside the process, in, in, in the way that you attacked it, what were your priorities as you went about those decisions? Um, I mean, I think the biggest thing was, um, you know, what do I want to do for the rest of my life? What do I want to do right now? Um, and, I, and I looked at it, and I knew that I wanted to continue to play football. And so it kind of made it easy for me to say what's probably the best opportunity for me to play this next year, and next year meaning mm-hmm. this year. And I looked at it, and, you know, with my family, my close friends, you know, people that I trust, and was like, okay, you know, what's the NFL route look like? What would be the option of, you know, potentially going back to school? And as I kept looking at it, the school option seemed like, something where I knew there was a higher probability of playing again. And I've had teammates and, and friends of mine that are other universities that, you know, they go for the draft and some of them make it, some of them don't. And then the guys that don't, they never step foot on a field um, again. Because that's kind of the, I guess, the beauty and the tragedy of uh, the game we, we love and we play is that, you know, a lot like basketball, golf, you can go on a Saturday and find a pickup court or go to the mm-hmm. range or go to the course and play and it's, you can make it pretty realistic to the real thing, but football is one of those games that, you know, there's Friday nights, Saturday nights, and Sundays, and that's really as real as it gets. And, um, you know, I didn't want to miss an opportunity to continue to play, and um, that kind of really weighed into my decision. Coach, 44 days from today, you guys are in Dublin. You're trying to knock off our own Navy, which has got to be a unique thing to try to beat them, uh, who you play just about every year. How hard do you think it's going to be, Coach, to keep the team focused um, on that trip? Because it's about so much more than just playing the game for so many people in the history tradition of the school. Well, I think the, the, the respect our football program has for the, the Naval Academy, but the Navy football team will keep us focused. Um, we know how talented they are. And, and listen, the game we played against them last year came down to the last minute. And so the preparation um, won't be deterred. But we, we got to be able to focus on a change, of land, a change of landscape where we're in a different country where we're flying overnight. And um, to be able to get refocused with a lack of sleep and to get the work that's necessary to – to put our team in a situation to have success is so important. And so that's the challenge is the logistical part of it. How do we make sure that we have a great plan that gives our young people a chance to have success on Saturday night when we play them? Uh, I've got one for both of you guys. We'll get you out on the fact that, uh, Coach, you're throwing out the first pitch at a Mets game here shortly? Is that tonight? <laughs> no, it's Friday. Friday. Okay, yeah. but you already did the White Sox, right? Yes. So we're doing two first pitches 
in one season. <laughs> we got the American League covered, got the National League covered. And I'm curious, I mean, at some point in your, in your athletic career, Sam, you had to have thrown a baseball, right? I mean, with the arm that you have. Yes, I, I did a little bit in high school, and okay. I've talked to Coach Free about just – just don't throw it in the dirt. That's all. You know, see, this is where I'm trying to get Sam. You know, he's going to be a coach one day. And don't tell me what not to do. Tell me what to do, right? And so he needs to keep telling me, aim high, aim high, aim high. You know, oh, okay. and uh, um, that's, that's – Sam reminds me not to throw it in the dirt. And so when I hear it, I just said, okay, aim high, aim high. And so we should uh, – that should be the formula for success. Sam yeah. will remind me not to throw it in the dirt. I'll remind myself to aim high, and uh, we'll get it over the plate. And just make sure you tuck in the rib necklace before you throw. Because <laughs> you know, that thing bouncing around. When Sam gets the call to throw out the first pitch at whatever NFL city drafts him, we're just going to speak it into existence. Sam Hartman. Marcus Freeman, congratulations again on the pairing coming together the way it did. And best of luck and and best of health in the upcoming season. Randy Aaron, thanks for having us on. Appreciate you guys. That again. Go Irish. Thanks, guys. Always got it. Go Irish. Yeah, darn right. All right, so that's Sam Hartman. That's Marcus Freeman uh, coming soon to to an Ireland football stadium uh, near you. That's probably the next time most of us are going to see them. Aaron, that's got to be a pretty unique way to start a college football career with the Irish. Yeah, week zero, uh, so all the spotlight is going to be on them. The other thing is that, you know, I'm already jonesing for football, and it's 44 days from now, so that game is going to have extra special juice because it's the first real non-preseason NFL football game we're going to see. At what point do you think Sam Hartman has to learn all the words to the Notre Dame fight song? Like, do you think he knows those already, or do you think that is still in fall camp at some point? Uh, that's probably he better know him already, but yeah, probably by fall camp because don't they? I, you know, I don't watch a lot of Notre Dame post game. Like, don't they sing it on the field? Like to the to the student section? Isn't that usually something that goes on? Is that is that the alma mater? I always feel like half the players on the team are just mouthing these songs anyway, and they don't really. Maybe they know one verse, but by the time they get to the second verse, the team captain knows. But that's probably it. I'm talking about the victory march. The um, you know the uh, or is that yeah, how uh, does the Notre Dame fight song go? Hail, I, I, hail to old Notre Dame. Notre Dame. Something, something. Yeah, it's like it's great. Does this have the words? This is it. We have a track. Uh, this remix. is Star Wars. What is this? This isn't. This isn't Notre Dame. <laughs> Who came up with this? Who? This is this is incredible. No, it's just stuff in the system. We just we just start playing it out. <laughs> this is amazing, dude. This is, right throw here. down yeah. some bars, Randy. Break it off. I'm just Let's like, see. uh, uh, two and four out the gate, losing to Ohio State. Bop, bop. I mean, that's like that's exactly. What, sorry, I can say that now that Salmon. Yeah, it's not on Sam. Hartman's going to absolutely spin it, but that defense was generous. Like Coach Freeman mentioned, hey, it came down one possession game against Navy. Yeah, it's because you know you guys were giving they gave up, up like, thirty two. Yeah, yeah, chunk right. yards. Um, all right, we go from that college football to the Big Twelve. For now, it's the last season that we can talk about these two teams of the Big 12 together. It's Aaron Goldhammer and Randy Scott in yes. for the guys, Canteen Carlin. So weird. ESPN Radio. I, I, 
I, I lived out there I, what, for a year. What, what I conference? What conference are these schools even in? Like, I just get so confused. And I, I, I hate to say, like, that I'm the old fuddledy duddledy tradition guy. <laughs> but the, the big story at Big 12 Media Day is how Texas and Oklahoma are going to the SEC. Yeah. <laughs> it's just still disorienting for me. They hate that. They have to hate that at the Big 12 offices, that their media days, coming off a year where TCU was in the college football playoff, right? Like, high watermark for... Uh, truly for the uh, for, for the what conference. a game! Yeah, beat Michigan. Like hello. Yeah, and here we are talking about you know some true blue bloods or red bloods, crimson bloods uh, leaving for the SEC. So listen, if you're a would you call yourself an old fuddle DD or? You know, I'm at, I don't know. I'm, I'm in my 40s now. I'm old. You're broadcasting right? from bed. Um, oh, it was Oklahoma State's Mike Gundy. And he was even, and actually looking even older than an old Fuddly D. He's got a, a big white beard now, but he was talking about the end of this rivalry. They've been playing for 117 years. Oklahoma State against Oklahoma, and now that is ending. The Bedlam game is over because Oklahoma chose to leave the Big 12. Period. It's got nothing to do with Oklahoma State. So, do I like that? No. Do I like that? conferences have broken up in the past no i don't but i also know that we have to control what we can control which is um, conference realignment is there it's probably still going on and wherever we all end up and whatever schedule they give us to play we go play it and do the best we can can't we still play this game randy yes yes the answer is yes but does Oklahoma State not want to do that? Because then that becomes Oklahoma State's problem. Um, it becomes a, you know, how do we make our schedule competitive without submarining our chances at the playoff? I mean, it, you know, I think both schools would look at it and say, hey, especially if you're Oklahoma, you're saying our SEC schedule is tough enough as it is. We're not going to go ahead and schedule like a team with a pulse outside of our schedule. Or maybe well, there are already well, non-conference well, obligations. Well, I don't know. Hold on. I mean, they're probably going to have to play one made-for-TV showdown against somebody anyway. Why, yeah. why not? You know, that I hate to say this, but that weekend, that rivalry weekend, the weekend of Thanksgiving, is not going to be the same without Oklahoma, Oklahoma yeah. State. Yeah. Now you're really pulling away at the fabric of the tradition of the sport, like whatever, NIL, I'm all for the kids getting paid. I understand that TV money drives the entire sport and all that. But I think there are occasional bones you got to throw to the fans who are used to this and the grandfathers and grandfathers of their grandfathers (laughs) who are used to Oklahoma playing Oklahoma State every year. Let's get to uh, let's hear from the other side here because Brett Venables may have been asked that question. Like, is this rivalry something that you could just do outside of your conference uh, conference obligations? Here is the head coach at Oklahoma. I'm not in control of whether or not we play Oklahoma State. I love college football. I love the traditions of the game. I love rivalry games. Oklahoma and Oklahoma State have played for over 100 years, and Oklahoma has been dang good in those games for a long time. But whether or not we play them in the future, nobody's asking me uh, what I think. If they do ask me, uh, I'll tell them what I think. I'd love to play the game, but we're going to play the schedule that they put in front of us. Yeah, and sometimes coaches say that nobody's asking you, like you're the head of the program. Exactly. Of course you have a say over there. What, what are you even talking about? Exactly. We're going to play the schedule that's put in front of us that I have direct fingerprints on. You know, I mean, truly. <laughs> exactly. Like that's, that's where we're at. Uh, that's the college uh, football portion of things. We have more NFL talk on the way. Why have star NFL running backs 
been so thoroughly devalued in the NFL. We'll dive into that. It's Randy Scott, Aaron Goldhammer, in for the guys on Candy and Carlin on ESPN Radio. All that after Aaron has this word from NHTSA. That's right. I do have this word from NHTSA, which I am desperately trying to pull up on my computer. I have found and I have this word from NHTSA. We all know about the speed of sound, but have you ever thought about the sound of speeding? If you drive over the speed limit, there are a lot of sounds that you might hear. You could hear the sound of your vehicle crashing, the sound of first responders desperately trying to save you. You could even hear the sound of people crying at your funeral because if you drive over the speed limit, you could do damage that's beyond repair. One way or another, speeding catches up with you. Paid for by NHTSA. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive ebay motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance superchargers roof racks exhaust kits led headlights and more whether you're into speed power or style ebay motors has you covered with over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die you'll always find exactly what you're looking for and with ebay guaranteed fit your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. Canty and Carlin, the podcast. From Barkley's perspective, he's probably sitting here saying, you saw what I did last year, I was healthy, looked like my old self. I feel like there's been some things out there that's been misleading. I came out public, I've been open about it. I said I want to be a giant for life. It's all about respect. Yeah, and you know, sometimes sometimes life moves pretty fast, right? Like you want to be a giant for life, and then suddenly life takes you in potentially uh, different directions. It's Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio, ESPN app. 
Sirius XM Channel 80. However, you found us on this beautiful pre-end Thursday. We're glad you did. He is Aaron Goldhammer there at ESPN Radio in Cleveland. I'm Randy Scott here in Bristol, Connecticut. Aaron from the home office today, though, but not the, the traditional home studio. So when I look at Aaron on the Zoom, I, yeah. see, I see basically like a paint me like one of your French girls, Aaron Goldhammer. Like you are yes. in repose. Yes. Very comfy. I, I mean, I'm trying to find the best way to sit on a bed. And host a radio show. So can you tell now that my like energy level is better, that it's I mean, I kid you not, I am in bed doing this show right now. It's the only place in this room that I'm in that I can reasonably sit and do the show. So maybe I'll stand, you know, for a segment, and see if I bring more energy. <laughs> um, I am happy, though, to welcome all of America into my bed. Uh-huh. Um, and I know that sounds inappropriate, but I just want to let everybody know. Uh, that we're one family here on Canty and Carlin, and welcome in, welcome in. It did, it yes. did just, it did just get worse. Um, the because uh, you mentioned it in the first hour, you're like, oh, I might get in trouble for saying this. Welcome into my bed, and then you doubled down in the yeah. second hour. So well, I, you know, you're you're a you're a ne'er do well. You, you're a scoff law. I guess, uh, <laughs> but I, I mean, I mean, I'm in a. Normally, I say welcome into the studio with us. It's Can't a very, it. very strange dynamic to be in bed and <laughs> also on national radio. But here we are. Yeah, um, it's a. It's a very strange. It's a very strange dynamic right now to be an NFL running back. I, it's weird to feel. You don't want to. You don't want to sit here and say, Aaron, that you feel sorry for. A professional athlete who's making millions of dollars, I get that. If you want to look at it as just a black and white, like, hey, we're making this much money, how are we sorry for these guys, and whatever it is, fine. But you look at a truly valuable position in the NFL, like you still have to run the football. And even more so, if you diversify your talents as an NFL running back and you become a receiving threat, the way, say, Saquon Barkley did last year, 57 receptions to tie for the team lead, and to then have to fight to get above the franchise tag when you're coming off of a career year, you've reestablished yourself as being healthy. Like, I do feel sorry for that element of football being a business for these guys. Well, look, it used to be, Randy, when we were kids, running back was the marquee position that everybody wanted to play, right? And the best athlete on the team usually was the guy that played it. And Walter Payton played it. And Earl Campbell played it. And Barry Sanders played it. And Emmitt Smith played it. Mm-hmm. I mean, the glory years of that position are... I just wonder, like, beyond Derrick Henry, is there a Hall of Fame running back left in the NFL moving forward? Because the position has just evolved to the point where guys literally come off the street and go into the end zone and then go out of the league all within the span of a week. Do you remember a guy named Jonas Gray? Yes. For the Patriots? Yes. He On a Sunday night game, he came out. He was the hottest thing. He ran for four touchdowns. He showed up late to one meeting. He was gone, and then whoever came behind him basically did the exact same. The Broncos kind of invented this in the late 90s, early 2000s. So Landis mm-hmm. Gary ran for 1,000 yards, and yeah. then here comes Mike Anderson, and then yeah. here comes Tatum Bell, and he ran for the— you know, now there are running backs on July 13th, Randy, on the street. I hate to tell Saquon. But Dalvin Cook and Zeke Elliott and Kareem Hunt and marquee guys. You know, Dalvin Cook's probably a top seven back in the NFL. Could you imagine if a top seven quarterback was unsigned right now? What would be going on? Right. I look at Saquon Barkley and I'm looking at some of these numbers here. And here's where he has a bone to pick. And I will will have this argument for him. I would hope the people representing him have made this argument. Do you know who the highest paid running back is next season in terms of total cash? For, um, just for the season, just for the season salary. 
No, and, and not I can't say base salary, but total cash is how Spotrack has. I would say it's Christian McCaffrey. It is Bijan Robinson. Bijan Robinson in Atlanta is set to make in total cash. This is again according to I never know how to pronounce it. Is Spotrack or Spottrack? Um, dot com. They do finances tremendously well. And you can break down contracts different ways. And we'll get into the guaranteed money because total guaranteed money on current yeah. contracts, that's Christian McCaffrey's title okay, for sure. Okay, okay, but okay. total cash is a rookie who has never had a regular season NFL carry, and he's set to make $13.7 million next season well, in I, total I want, cash. Can I throw this out to the callers? Would you rather on your team now have Saquon Barkley for $16 million a year, which is what he wants? Or would you rather have Bijan Robinson, who's never had a carry in the NFL before, but is not at all – he doesn't have the baggage as a 26-year-old back that Saquon Barkley does, which, by the way, this sounds ridiculous, but 26 is old. 26 is the new 40 for running backs <laughs> because of the wear and tear that goes on their body as they play. I mean, I think the the days of Adrian Peterson – grinding out big-time seasons in their 30s. I mean, I just think it's not going to happen, right? I would kind of rather have Bijan Robinson, yeah. you know, on his rookie deal with all the football ahead of him than go with the guy who's proven because with, with Saquon, I worry about the injuries, and I also wonder whether he's already played his best football. Now, in terms of contract average annual value, and I don't know why that is different from total cash, but average annual value, you're talking about Christian McCaffrey at $16 million, and then Alvin Kamara behind him at 15, yeah. and Derrick Henry at, at 12 and a half, and then Nick Chubb right there in, in Cleveland's at fourth overall at 12.2. Our understanding is, I know Mike Florio over at Pro Football Talk had uh, an earlier report from, I guess, earlier this week that the Giants initially offered Barkley a $13 million a year contract, and again, the franchise tag is $10 million, so actually close yeah. to 11, it's 10.9. Yeah. So who knows necessarily what Saquon wants, but I would rather take the guy who I know fits my system, who I know is a versatile pass catcher. Now, they, by all accounts, Bijan Robinson is that. He certainly was that at Texas. But you and I have both seen running back learning curves uh, going. You know, I mean, C.J. Spiller was a can't miss, yeah. and he did miss. You know, yeah. and that's not that long ago. Yeah, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire was a first-round pick. Yes. And to be honest with you, the seventh rounder, the seventh round rookie this past year, mm. Isaiah Pacheco in Kansas City had a bigger impact. So I think what Kansas City does, what Philly does at mm. running back, you know, they let Miles Sanders walk. They just plug in a trio of backs. You know, yeah. they just they switch them up, you know, and they have different running styles. Like, I think that's what the smart offenses and the smart coaches are doing. And guess what? You know, uh, Deshaun Watson here in Cleveland had a seven on seven camp yesterday. Okay, mm-hmm. receiver is the hot position to. They're getting paid up the wazoo to play that position, sure. and it's become what running back used to be. All right, let's get to Jordan Ronan. He's our uh, he's our ESPN Giants reporter. This was on ESPN Radio, uh, actually the show before this, at twelve p.m. To, to three p.m. And he's talking about how to read the contract negotiations. Again, he's as plugged in as anybody is with the Giants, how to read the negotiations between Saquon and the team. By saying week one is in je- uh, potentially in jeopardy, you know, his availability in week one is in jeopardy, you clearly see he's not happy with how this is going so far. Now, we still have four days left. Let's see how it goes. Uh, deadline spur action. That's a, a pretty common saying when it comes to these kind of things. Do the Giants just want to make him happy, or do they want to stick to their guns and say, hey, 
We don't want to pay for a running back, just like the rest of the league. That's That seems to be the prevailing logic, although they will pay. I refuse to believe there's too much money to be lost, too much production to be lost from a, t- of a team's perspective, Aaron. Yeah. I refuse to believe that he's going to miss week one, but Jordan Renan, I mean, he would know better than us, and you know he knows that the Giants perhaps have, have drawn a line in the sand. We're going to go to a different NFL running back, the Patriots' Damian Harris, also talking about money, but this has nothing to do with football and everything to do with the cost of love. And we're going to dive into that. We will. Don't look at me like that, Eric. We're going to dive in. Aaron Goldhammer, Randy Scott, for the guys. It's Canteen Carlin, ESPN Radio. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C. Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. In partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. This is the Canty and Carlin Podcast. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. He's Aaron Goldhammer. I'm Randy Scott. We're in for the guys on this lovely Thursday afternoon. You can join the conversation on the CC call-in line. We might get some calls on this. I don't know. 888-SAY-ESPN's phone number, 888-729-3776. Continuing to ask for your best quarterback wide receiver duo in the NFL as ESPN Radio Rankum is uh, is ongoing here. And I'll give my uh, top five here coming up. Aaron, I feel so bad you've been taking the slings and arrows uh, defending your top five, I uh, have to <sighs> It's do the okay. Same. It's a tough world, but it's okay. <laughs> let's get to uh, <laughs> let's get to Bills uh, running back Damian Harris, formerly uh, of the Patriots. Uh, he's making news uh, not for anything football related. Somebody else put out a tweet that said that the average cost of a wedding is thirty thousand dollars, and the average length of a wedding is Jeez. four is four hours. So. Yeah, you, you do the math, and it comes out to what it comes out to, and whatever else. 
And you and I had the same reaction. Thirty thousand dollars. Do you remember what your what your wedding cost? I don't. I and I, I God bless my in laws who were responsible for paying for most of it. Oh, and then my great. family took care of the rehearsal dinner. But we did a big winning, uh, wedding, Randy. I mean, we, we had, I don't know, a couple hundred people schlepped in to Louisville, Kentucky, where my wife grew up. And it was a once-in-a-lifetime thing, and it was amazing to be there with everybody. It goes super, super fast. But if you're asking me would I take the check for thirty grand, or would I take the four-hour wedding with my family and friends, like I'm definitely taking the money. Which then begs the question, like, I think the right move here with a wedding, if I was to get married again, ever, yeah. which I hope my wife isn't listening, <laughs> I, would do, I would do the destination thing, right? Oh, yeah. You go somewhere, yeah. your friends come too, you have a couple of buddies there, you have your parents there, your kids, whatever, you got your closest family members, and then it's a group of like 15, 20 people, boom, done, and then you don't have to fork over the money. You know, the worst thing is the 30 grand... The food is terrible at most weddings. Terrible. Oh, oh, really? Yours was bad? Oh, I mean, uh, my food wasn't bad. I'm not talking about mine specifically. Mm-hmm. But like most of these $30,000 wedding, you're getting wedding chicken. Like, does that, is anybody really like, <laughs> oh, yeah, this is so delicious. They're, they're charging you $100 a plate or whatever for it. Yeah. Then they're yeah. also always the people when you're throwing a wedding who back out at the last second. Oh, something came up. Oh, thanks. Well, now I have to spend a couple hundred extra bucks <laughs> to feed absolutely nobody because you're gone. The best thing to do, though, at the wedding, you need a live band for sure. A and, live band? Give me a DJ every time. Oh no way! Oh, I dude. need a I need a live band, baby. You go. Uh, give me an eight piece saxophone section, trumpet sec, trombone, drummer. I want it all. Yeah, I want it all, man. <laughs> the live band is the coolest part of the whole process. I uh. I had say in that, and I had say in uh, the songs we chose, like for first dance last dance that kind of thing other than that i did not have strong wedding opinions all right how does damien uh damien harris factor into all this he quote tweeted the tweet he was like hey eloping was the best decision i ever made and somebody replied to him goes bro i think you could afford a great wedding and he goes i could but i'm not about to waste money just for everybody else to get drunk and party not on my dime so he goes full like get off my lawn here's the thing how old were you when you got married uh 30 Okay, I was 20, how old was I? 27, I guess. I got married too young. I was 27, and uh, there is something about being in that wedding pocket of life where you're going to a couple weddings a year, you know, you got family getting married, friends getting married, whatever it is, where you're like, hey, you start looking around, and it's almost like game film. Like, every wedding you go to, you're like, totally. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have a donut tower. I'm going to have midnight snacks. I'm going to this. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to have a band. I'm going to have a DJ. Whatever it is. And you start thinking, you're pre-spending your money already, or your in-laws money, whatever it is. Like, you're, you are, it, not having a wedding is not an option, truly. Now, if it's a second wedding, like, you know, I was married 10 years, and God willing, there will be a second wedding down the line, and I'd love for my kids to be there. But I also think of the people I know who have gotten remarried. And to me, if you marry someone where they're getting married for the first time, but you are not, you are more likely to have the traditional $30,000 wedding. If you're both getting married for the second time, then it's going to be a destination. I promise you a white linen shirt is going to be involved. I promise you it's going to be in front of maybe 10 people. Yep. Uh, you know your 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 buddy Dave is going to be there with yep. his second wife. Like there's a playbook that invariably happens, and it gets put out on Facebook. And those wedding Th- thousand, pictures, thousand percent. Now yeah. here's the one thing Damian Harris is not factoring into the equation: 
the value of the gifts that you receive uh-huh. in return. If you throw a $30,000 wedding, which it's pretty absurd to me, that's the average cost of a wedding. To me, that means there are people who are spending six figures on a wedding. You're spending yes. hundreds yes. of thousands of dollars, which is, I mean, that, that, that is just mind boggling to me. But, you know, if that ends up being you, like, then you also have to think about the value of the gifts you get back in return. Do you separate cost of the wedding minus the gifts to get, like, the the cash lost <laughs> on the deal? Yeah, there's net and then there's net net. I get it. No, you're looking at it as a business proposition. I, I understand. what Where is the greatest cash inflow? And that's something that all has to be weighed in. Uh, we're going to get to the NBA. We're going to get to money of a different uh, different sort as James Harden is determined to start next season in a Clippers jersey. Hammer, Scott, Canty Carlin, ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to the Canty and Carlin podcast. You can listen to the show live weekdays from 3 to 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Plus, you can listen on the ESPN app. Canty and Carlin, the podcast.